right, let's do this. Let's do it. Hey guys, we're Hello. back. Welcome to Murder Happy Hour. Today we are going to talk about Eileen Warness. Warness? Warness. Warness? Warness. Yes, Eileen Warness. Um, you've probably heard of Eileen. She was the character in the movie Monster, if you anyone remembers that movie. Charlize Theron, I believe, won an Oscar for her performance yeah. in that. So if you haven't watched that movie, go check it out. It's actually pretty legit. So, but Yeah, we're talking about a lady killer today. A lady killer, and she's one bad bee, for yeah. lack of a better term. She's the first woman that the FBI labeled a serial killer. Mm-hmm. She, yeah... She's quite the lady. She is. Uh, so a little bit of background about Eileen. She was born in 1956. Her parents were 14 and 16 when they were married, and they divorced shortly before Eileen was born. Um, Eileen never met her dad. She was Her dad was a schizophrenic. Uh, he was a convicted sex offender, and he died by suicide in prison. Her mom abandoned her at age six with her grandparents, which I've read conflicting reports. Some said maternal, some said paternal, so I don't, I'm not sure which it was. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure either. I just have some information yeah. about her grandpa. I don't know which side it was. Um, so Eileen and her brother were adopted out to her grandparents. Um, by age 11, Eileen was engaging in sexual activities for cigarettes, drugs, and food at school. Yeah. So, like, prostituting at age 11. Like, her life just started out mm -hmm. as chaos. She also had an incestuous relationship with her brother. Yes. And was also sexually assaulted by her grandfather. Yes, her. And uh, I also read that her and her brother did not. So, Eileen did not find out that her grandparents were her grandparents, actually, until they were. she was 11. Oh. She thought that was her mom and dad. And I guess when she found this out, it was kind of like... A breakdown for her, but yeah, because spiral. they hadn't told her the truth, and her mom abandoned her. And sure, uh, by age fourteen, she was in a home for unwed mothers. She was impregnated by one of her grandpa's friends. So not only was he molesting her, but apparently was pimping her out to his friends as well. Sick. Uh, she gave birth to a baby boy in the home for unwed mothers, and the baby was placed uh, for adoption. I don't know. They don't really talk in much more about the baby. So, yep. um, soon after this, she quit school, and her grandma died of liver cancer, and her grandfather threw her out of the house. Which I mean, probably was the worst yeah, thing. But by then, the damage is already yeah, long exactly. done. So, at age fifteen, she was homeless, living in the woods, and prostituting to survive. So, that's a pretty rough childhood. That is. That's more than... It's a rough go of it. You need to have done by then. Yes. Um, yeah, so it kind of carried on into her adulthood. Um, she got arrested and got into all kinds of trouble for things like um, DUI charges, mm -hmm. disorderly conduct. She um, loved fighting. Yeah, she had she a lot of brawling. assault, assaults and bars and things like that. She loved her bar brawls. Yep. That, that Eileen... <laughs> And we'll post a picture of her on our Instagram, too, but she just looks like she wants to kick your like ace. I, yeah, I would, no, I wouldn't want to <laughs> meet her in a, in a bar. <laughs> like, if you look at her wrong, she'll probably beat the crap out of Oh, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> uh, at age 20, she hitchhiked to Florida where she met Louis Gratzfell, a 69-year-old man, and she married him. 
Um, while she was in Florida, she started going back to her normal stuff in all these bar fights, getting in trouble all the time. She was beating her husband with his own cane. <laughs> uh, he filed a restraining order against her, and their marriage was annulled after nine weeks. Yeah, that one didn't last very long. No. And so, I mean, it might have been, like, the 49-year age gap that might have... That could be the f- Or the fact that she's beating him. And she's, like, a labeled psychopath. Like, yeah. we'll get to that later, but... Basically, on this, they give you this test, and she scored off the charts that she's a psychopath. So, yeah. Uh, so, after her and Lewis annulled their marriage, she was back in Michigan. She was arrested for assault and disturbing the peace for throwing a pool ball at a bartender's head. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> Around this time, her brother died suddenly of esophageal cancer, and she received $10,000 from his life insurance, which she used to pay some of her criminal fines and bought herself a luxury car. What kind of luxury car can you get for ten grand? I don't know, but I mean... Well, maybe in 1976. I mean, I guess. In early August of 1976, she was arrested for drunk driving. And then between 1976 and 1981, she kind of must have taken a little hiatus... Uh, because there was no arrests made with Eileen until May of 1981. She was arrested for armed robbery in Florida. She stole two packs of cigarettes and $35 from a gas station. It just doesn't seem worth it. <laughs> and for that, she served a little over a year in prison. Hmm. So she was in prison until middle of 1983. Basically, from 1984 to 1986, um, convicted of... Quite a few petty crimes, gun theft, ammunition, stealing ammunition, um, check forgery, car theft, obstruction of justice for giving her aunt's name instead of her own to an officer. Um, In 1986, she was questioned by police after being accused of threatening a man with a gun and stealing $200 from him. So, I mean, it's not like she's putting off big bank heists. Like, she's stealing $35 in a right. pack of cigarettes. cigarettes and, and, like, 200 bucks cash from a poor guy on yes. the street. Or. <clears throat> so, a big turning point in Eileen's life. Uh, June of 1986, <clears throat> she met Tyria Moore. Tyria was a hotel maid that Eileen met at a gay bar. They quickly moved in together, and Wernus was madly in love with her. Like, yeah. even while Eileen was in prison for all the murders she committed that we'll get into here in a little bit... And um, Tyria kind of had turned on her at that point. She still, until her death, was madly in love with her and kind of was her Achilles heel. Yeah. And that's where the fun started. Uh, 1987, both women were questioned for being involved in an assault and battery with a beer bottle. (laughs) These bar bar crimes are just... These bar crimes are just fierce. And she loved biker bars. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. She looks like she'd fit in there. She does, yes. Um, 1988, she, was, she accused a bus driver in Florida of assault and claimed that he pushed her off the bus. Which... Well, you wonder how much of this stuff, like, is actually true and how much she, like, made up in her own head. Yeah. These things. So, like... Because she obviously was unwell. I mean, Yes, she, very mentally unstable. Yeah, very, so very it's like she unstable. probably thought that this was true, but, you know, the reality is that it wasn't. So, in 1989 is where our murders began. So, Eileen murdered seven men within a one-year time span. So, she was 
had a pretty good average a of a little there. over one person every two months. So she yeah. was on a good tirade there. Um, so the first man that was murdered was Richard Mallory in November of 1989. He was a convicted rapist from Clearwater, Florida that Eileen swears she killed in self-defense. Mm-hmm. So Eileen basically lived off of prostituting herself and that's how she supported herself. And she alleges that he raped her or tried to rape her and that she killed him in self-defense. Um, his vehicle and body was found a few miles apart a few days after he went missing, and he was shot to several times in the chest. So, second man, David Spears, was murdered in June of 1990. According to Eileen, he also attempted to rape her, and he was killed in self-defense. Uh, his naked body was found on Florida State Highway 19, and he was shot six times. So. Naked, except for his baseball cap. Oh, he had his hat on. He okay. did. Yep. I didn't, yeah. Yep. I mean, I don't know why. Don't leave home without your hat on, I guess. But uh, the third man to be killed was Charles Karskaden. In May of 1990, his body was found in Pasco County, Florida. Which these ones were like back to back. Yeah. So we go from November 1989 to May. Well, they're all pretty much right on top of each other. Month, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. His body was found, um, he was shot eight times, wrapped in an electrical blanket, and Warnus was driving his car and pawned a gun belonging to him at a pawn shop. So, she was seen driving his vehicle and was called into police. It doesn't seem like she was overly trying to hide the crime. No, she she doesn't seem like she was real concerned She was, like, shooting them, stealing their cars, and, which, I mean, what happened to her luxury car? Yeah. I I guess that was a while ago. mm -hmm. That was, like, 20 years ago. probably... It's probably gone. Yeah. Peter Symes uh, was murdered in June of 1990. His car was found in Orange Springs, Florida. And Tyria and Eileen were seen abandoning the car. Peter is the only one that Eileen has never been charged in his death because they have yet to find his body. So they can't formally charge her. Yeah, but they did find her um, palm print on the vehicle. Yep. So there's evidence that she's been in his vehicle and that... They've been seen driving Yeah, but they can't prove that he's actually Mm -hmm. dead. Dead, yep. And they can't prove that she did it, so. Mm -hmm. Um, Troy Burris was murdered in July of 1990. His body was found along Florida State Highway 19 and about a month after his death, so August of 1990, and he was shot twice. Um, Number one, two, three, four, five, six, Dick Humphreys, quite the name. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, was killed in September of 1990. He was a former chief of police, child abuse investigator. His body was found in Marion County, Florida, and he had been shot six times. Fully clothed, though. Oh, he was fully clothed. clothed. Okay, so he probably just pissed her off somehow. Right. Um, Walt Antonio was the final man that she murdered. His naked body was found on a logging road in Dixie County, Florida, and he was shot four times. So, um, in July of 1990, Eileen crashed one of her victim's cars. I believe it was, uh, Karskadon's, but I'm not, can't be 100% positive on that. And this began a major media campaign to locate her. They did not find her until January of 1991. She was arrested on a warrant at a biker bar after she got in a fight. So, yeah. Oh, what a thunk. Exactly. She's not laying low. She's back to her ways. Uh, Police were able to locate Tyria 
in, I want to say Philadelphia, and talked her into testifying against Eileen in exchange for immunity in the crimes. Uh, so they were, they brought Tyria back to Florida, and Tyria would make phone calls to Eileen in prison, be begging her for help and clearing her name. Um, I don't want this to get pinned on me. And Eileen wasn't an accomplice in all of these murders, just a couple of them. So she was, wasn't even aware of half of these. Um, in January of 1991, Eileen confessed to all seven murders claiming self-defense. Uh, so her trial began in January of 1992. She was tried a few separate times. I'm assuming they broke it up this way so that if she was accused, she was found not guilty of one, they right, could still they could try still, her for the others. Yep. So the very first trial was for the murder of Richard Mallory. Uh prosecution was allowed to produce evidence relating to her prior crimes under the Williams rule to show a pattern of criminal behavior, which she... I can't even imagine how long this woman's rap sheet is. Oh, right. That's interesting, though, because mm -hmm. I feel like you usually hear that they yep. can't bring that stuff in. Yep. It's under this specific rule called the Williams rule that they were able to use it to show the pattern. Sure, which I feel is mm -hmm. totally legit in this case. Yep. Uh, she was convicted with the help of Tyria's testimony and was sentenced to death. During sentencing, psychiatrists on Warnos, Warnus's team, Warnos, Warnus, Warnus, yeah, that last name really throws me off. <laughs> Warnus's team testified that she was mentally unstable, had borderline personality disorder, and antisocial personality disorder. Uh, and I believe during this trial or the second trial, she fired her lawyers and was defending herself. Well, and I have, so I have this quote right from her that I found super interesting. So after they had actually clinically diagnosed her with all of these illnesses, she goes, I'm so sick of hearing this. She's crazy stuff. I've been evaluated so many times. I'm competent, sane, and I'm trying to tell the truth. I'm one who seriously hates human life and would kill again. Mm -hmm. So she ain't sorry. <laughs> she ain't sorry, yep. And she, so during her second trial for the deaths of Humphreys, Burris, and Spears, Warno, Warnus, Jeepers, Warnus, pleaded no contest. Uh, she wanted to get right with God. I think it's probably a little late for getting right with God, uh, but, I mean, that's up for public opinion, probably, yep. so. Uh, during this trial, she testified that Mallory did rape her, but Humphreys, Burris, and Spears did not. And um, Eileen, at this time, received three more death sentences, so. She, yeah, like, her story kind of seemed to change, because right away it was mm -hmm. like, you know, they raped me, or were trying yep. to rape me in her self-defense, but then she, at one point, had said... Like, she was actually trying to rob them. Yep, and didn't want any witnesses. So give me your $200 and I'm going to shoot you. Right. Um, and then, actually, during an interview, when she thought cameras were off, she claimed self-defense and also stated she wanted to die and hated being on death row. Mm -hmm. So she ba she was constantly rearranging her story. Um, her third trial began in June of 1992. She pleaded guilty to the murder of Karskadan and received her fifth death sentence. Her fourth trial was in 1993. She again pleaded guilty to the murder of Antonio and at this time received her sixth death sentence. So I think she's probably... Like that nail is in yeah. that coffin. Mm -hmm. And like I mentioned previously, no charges were ever brought against her for Symes' murder because the body has never been found. So, But she admitted to it, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, I think so, yeah. 
Um, so on the psychopathy checklist, she scored a 32 out of 40. So what this little background, this evaluation, um, it takes the individual through a 20-item list of antisocial and interpersonal behaviors. Each item is scored from zero for not bad to two for the worst with a maximum score of 40. Any score, um, depending on who is grading it, I guess that there's a little bit of a differential here, but anything between 25 and 30, I believe in the U.S. they say that anything above a 30 is a diagnosis for psychopathy, and she got a 32, so she very, she very sure much, is. yes. That's interesting. I wonder what those yes. questions are. I don't know. It'd be interesting. I could definitely look into that. Uh, so Eileen was on death row at the Florida Department of Corrections Broward Correctional Institution, or the BCI as they call it, for women, until she moved to Florida State Prison for execution. Uh, she had an appeal with the U.S. Supreme Court in 1996, and it was denied. In 2001... Uh, she petitioned the Florida Supreme Court requesting all of her pending approvals to be dropped. Um, so this is part of the same quote that Amber just shared, but she said, I killed those men, robbed them as cold as ice, and I'd do it again too. There's no chance in keeping me alive or anything because I'd kill again. I have hate crawling through my system. And then it leads into what Amber previously already told us. I am so sick of hearing this she's crazy stuff. I've been evaluated so many times. I'm competent, sane, and I'm trying to tell the truth. I'm one who seriously hates human life and would kill again. Her attorneys were trying to argue on her behalf that she was not mentally competent, but a panel of psychiatrists concluded she was of sound mind to make these requests and to drop all the appeals. Interesting. So, in 2002, while she's awaiting execution, Warness started accusing prison workers of lacing her food with dirt, saliva, and urine. Uh, she also said that she heard conversations between these workers that they were trying to push her to kill herself before her execution. She also accused them of um, excessive strip searches, tight handcuffing, door kicking, frequent window checks, low water pressure, mildew on her mattress. Wait, lo low water pressure? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and during this time, she began to boycott showers and would also go on oh, certain gosh. hunger strikes or go oh. on hun hunger strikes when certain officers were on duty. So she was causing a ruckus in oh, prison. Oh, for sure. That dang mildew on her mattress on death row. So inconvenient. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, in her final interview before her execution, she claimed she was tortured while at the BCI, and her head was crushed by sonic pressure. What? Yeah. What, what even? I, yeah, I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure what we mean by sonic pressure, but... I mean, she obviously had the mentality that, like, everybody was out to get her, and yes. that everything she did was only in defense yeah. of herself yeah. um she also complained of food poisoning and abuse which got worse every time she complained so if this is actually true mm -hmm. <laughs> it's hard to know with eileen what actually is true and what is going like, on in that mind of hers yeah completely false or even yeah. if it's like stretched the truth is stretched a bit um so her final on-camera words from death row we're a little wild. <laughs> this was on camera. There's there's some other final words that, yeah, we're going to... So she um, did a documentary with a um, director or producer, 
and at one time she got very angry with him too, saying that he was trying to make her look bad and blah blah blah. So her last words on camera were, thanks a lot society for railroading my ass. Oh. <laughs> so, excuse my French there guys, but quote. Um, this is when she was very angry at that producer. So, Eileen was executed on October 9th of 2002. She declined her last meal other than a cup of coffee. All she wanted was a cup of coffee. Uh, she was the 10th woman in the U.S. to be executed and the second in Florida since capital punishment has been reinstated. And her final words before they put her to death was, I quote, Yes, I would like to. I would just like to say I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus. June 6th, like the movie. Big mothership and all. I'll be back. I'll be back. Like what? Huh? <laughs> yeah, you lost me there, Eileen. Not following you. No. So, clearly, even in prison, she was having some serious mental health issues. Eileen is a pretty popular, I guess, case uh, yeah. because of the movie Monster. and the, Just basically her sheer disregard for, <laughs> for any sort of everyone. human life yeah. whatsoever. But she definitely... Uh, is one unique, one unique lady. She's something. Her, she was cremated and her ashes were spread by her childhood friend uh, in Michigan, I believe, where she was from. And there have been numerous books written about Eileen. Uh, She, like Amber said, was the first woman that the FBI has ever labeled a serial killer, so. Yeah, it's not super common, but I mean... With her past and her history, it's... She was kind of doomed. Yes, she was. But, and so I found super interesting was, like, there are some people who consider her to be mm-hmm. kind of like a hero. Like, she's got a bit of a... Cult following. <gasps> oh, hi, Leo. Hi, Leo. Nice yeah. to see you, buddy. Leo was famous on the last time, last podcast. You he wants hi? to say hi again. You want to say hi? Say, say hi. hi. Oh, he got shy. Oh, there you go. Good boy. Uh, But, yeah, so they call her, like, a feminist hero. (laughs) And, I mean, I get the whole part. So, like, the trying to, you know, break the endless cycle of violence and, you know, abuse to women. And, I mean, we're not saying she had a, you know, a good childhood by any means. But I just, I don't know that. Yeah. Just murdering men who... I don't know that it's a good way to stop violence by killing people. By killing... No, <laughs> like, I don't think the answer is, okay, well, let's just be violent women and murder men. Mm-hmm. That doesn't... That's not that's not the answer, guys. Don't do that. Yeah, not... No. Therapy. It's probably safer. Therapy's a good start. Yeah. Some medication would have probably done Eileen well. Yes, it probably would have. I think that's about all we've got for Miss Eileen today. That's mm-hmm. all I got. She's... She was interesting. She was a treat. I feel like I need to go watch Monster again. I know. Me too. Go check it out, guys. Let us know on the Facebook if you've watched it. It's a pretty pretty good movie. The acting is really good. So until then, stay safe and lock Lock your your freaking doors. doors. Bye. Bye.